Hello and welcome to the Campus Mission, where we discuss everything related to college life through the Christian lens. Catholic campus ministers from across the state of West Virginia come together to fix your life. The email, thecampusmissionwv at gmail.com, thecampusmissionwv at gmail.com. Send us your questions and we will answer them mostly correctly every single time. Welcome. With us this week, uh, returning, is our dear friend, Patrick Meinster. Uh, Patrick, how's it going? Going great, Nick. It's good to be back. Wonderful. Uh, well, just a, a brief recap in case you didn't hear uh, last week. Uh, we, we spent a good amount of time discussing um, what's it look like to prioritize your time uh, and why it's important to work hard and stay busy, uh, but why you should be focused in doing that and why it's important to also rest. And what does that rest look like? Uh, Ross talked a bit about uh, active rest Um you surely talked at length about prioritizing your time, knowing what you want your day uh, to look like. Uh, and we, we wrapped up uh, talking about our Lord and the time that he took to rest, uh, to get away, um, and how he really is the, the model for us in that. Uh, so, Patrick, we, we didn't get to have you last week, uh, but now that you're here, Uh, with us now, uh, I would love to hear uh, just some of uh, your thoughts um, about any of that. Right. So my first thought is I am probably the least qualified person in the world to be talking about budgeting time. I think I am the undisputed champion of wasting time and procrastinating. (laughs) This really is the thing that I have struggled with all throughout college and all throughout so far my young adult life out of college. I have struggled with getting, getting stuff done um, in time that you have that's not strictly structured. It's easy to get things done when you're in a class and the teacher is telling you this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do. But when you leave the class and you've got time on your own, uh, how, do you, how do you do that? So the thought that I had when I was in college is everybody always talked so much about budgeting your time so that you don't so that you don't find yourself being rushed but it seems like this discussion is leaning more into what do you do in the time that all of the work is done and you have hours that are unstructured hours that are free and the thought that occurred to me when i heard shirley talking about what was it exactly shirley i don't want to put words in your mouth but you were talking about you have to have a vision of what you want your time to look like yeah, I, I think it's more than just time management. You have to have an overall perspective on, you know, what you need to accomplish, what your time looks like, and how important are you personally in that mix? You know, instead of always do this, do this, do this, what about be this, be this, be this, and who I am? That makes absolute sense to me. Uh, my thought was when I was in college is I didn't know who I was. And I think a lot of the students that are, are in a similar situation now would love to figure themselves out. And the only way you're going to do that really is to go out and do stuff that you're unfamiliar with or things that aren't strictly related to your field. I had a conversation many years ago with a gentleman who is now deacon for our diocese, Deacon Philip Zabo, who was a student, at, who's a student at Fairmont State. Actually, I met him when he was here. It was his last year. It was my first year. 
And he played the guitar for the Newman Center here, the Newman Center that I am now the director of. He played the guitar for all of our masses. And I found out later that guitar wasn't something that he had studied in school. It was just something that he had just picked up. So the conversation that I had with him years ago was he was talking about when he first started college, there were all these things that he wanted to get done, all these things that he wanted to do, classes he wanted to take, things he wanted to learn, places he wanted to go. And he didn't accomplish all of those goals. But he didn't regret anything because then he, he ran down a list of things that he did accomplish when he was in college, things that he didn't anticipate when he started. And guitar was one of them. That's what he was talking about, playing guitar at mass. Uh, and so I think when students come in, they're going to be faced with the chance to do things that they have never done before. And those things get accomplished mostly or largely in your free time, the time that no professor is telling you what to do. And if you're spending your free time, like uh, Ross was saying, active rest, you're talking about, I, I didn't hear exactly your words, but you were talking about, I think, using your rest time productively. Again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, well, it, it was that idea that if you ever notice that when you want to take some rest and you sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix for five hours, at the end of it, you don't feel any, you don't feel refreshed at all. You feel yes. like more tired than when you started. Uh, that's, yes. and, and that's because I think, you know, our brain has all these different sections in it that get worked and those, those sections get fatigued. But if you shut the whole thing down, it's really hard to get it started back up. But if you rest that section of your brain and spend some time using a different part of your brain, then you get the rest, you get the mental rest that you need, but you never shut down to the point that you need to, you know, try to figure out how to fire up the engine again. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that sections of your brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that thought. Oh, I had another thought. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm finished. Go ahead. Well, it, it's, it's real fast. I was thinking about this. Uh, you, you met, you said budgeting time. And, uh, that, that is sure. a, gr that is a great word because, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to claim to be a financial expert or anything, but it's definitely something that, that I've been interested in a lot and, uh, like financial discipline and, uh, financial sacrifice to, you know, delay gratification to do things later, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and when you are putting together a budget, like let's, let's say you're putting together your budget for the month, lo looking out ahead. The, the reason it's good to do that is because you, uh, I'm quoting, I'm quoting Dave Ramsey here. This, yes, I'm one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he says, tell each dollar where to go instead of wondering where each dollar went, right? So at, at the beginning of the month, laying out all these categories saying, all right, this is how much money I have. Uh, this is what I need to spend on basic needs, utilities, etc. This is how much I have left over to use on leisure or savings. And, and you're telling each dollar where it's going to go ahead of time instead of at the end of the month. Uh, when, when I, back when I was in college, I did this all the time. I didn't know where the money uh, went at the end of the month. I was like, 
oh my gosh, my, my bank account's empty. What did I do? Uh, because, because I never made a budget. I just went out and I just bought food and bought this and bought that. And I was like, oh, my money's gone. Um, the, the same is true with time. Uh, looking out ahead and saying, all right, this month or this week or this day, uh, I have X amount of hours available. I have to accomplish this thing, so I'm going to do it here. I have to accomplish this thing, so I'm going to do it here. Um, and deciding that, you know, just like you tell a certain amount of dollars to go to your rent or your gas, your food, your car insurance, what have you, you tell a certain number of hours to go to your, uh, I have to go to class here. I have to do my homework, my studying here. And then how many, how much time do I have left over, like money having left over to spend on leisure activities? What, what amount of time do I have left over to spend on leisure activities? And tell those, don't just say, well, I got this wide open time. Say, no, specifically at, uh, at six o'clock, I am going to do this exact, this specific thing that I want to do. Um, so that at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, you, you can say, I told every hour what it was going to do. I told every hour how to behave for me instead of getting to the end and saying, oh my gosh, the month just flew by and, and I, I didn't do what I wanted to do or what I needed to do. It's like, it's all gone. How did that happen? You know, I, I did that. Yes. I did that constantly. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, yes, going, very much yes. Going off of a word that you used, Ross, discipline, I think that could be our mantra here in, in throughout all of this. You talked about disciplining, discipline when it comes to our finances, Patrick, discipline when it comes to our time. And since we're talking about self-care, I think we need to look at that as a discipline as well. When we take care of ourselves, it involves many things, as we all know. Proper amount of rest, proper amount of exercise, eating properly, um, proper amount of mental activity. None of that is necessarily fun. It has to be a discipline. You know, if you had a, a chance to eat a chocolate cake as opposed to eating what the vegetables that you need for the day, it takes discipline to eat properly. It takes discipline to exercise properly, not over-exercise, but exercise properly. It takes discipline to rest our minds, to rest our bodies. So I think we need to understand that taking care of yourself knee-jerk reaction will be like, oh, I'm going to take care of myself. That's so fun. <laughs> Not necessarily. Taking care of yourself also needs to be a discipline if done properly because all those things that it requires to take care of ourselves aren't necessarily fun. I think discipline is, is a good word here. Yeah, and you know, sort of build up, build up on uh, what you said, Shirley. I, I think you're right. There is this misconception that uh, taking care of yourself is uh, this soup is always going to be this super enjoyable, relaxing thing. And the first quote that comes to my mind when I hear that is uh, "treat yourself." Okay. Have you heard this? You know what I'm talking about? Treat yourself is, 2011. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just treat yourself. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, working so hard, you know, I'm just going to treat myself. I'm going to, I'm going to get this ice cream cone. I'm going to, I'm going to sleep until 11. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch Netflix for six hours. You know, I got to treat myself because I work so hard. And it's like, well, sure. Nobody's saying 
that you shouldn't take some time for yourself, but treating yourself all the time, you know, like that's actually unhealthy, right? And so coming back to what you said, Shirley, we actually need discipline. Uh, we need to discipline ourselves and we need to know how to actually take care of ourselves. Yes, treating yourself occasionally, that's a good thing. Uh, but, but replacing taking care of yourself with treating yourself is not the answer either. Mm-hmm. Well said. Right. Thank you. Yeah, we typically don't feel good. We, uh, we call these appetites right? Our appetites, not, not just in eating, but just in the, the things we want to do at any given moment. Uh, typically, we don't actually feel very good when we get, when we gorge ourselves in every appetite that we have. It's best, we, we feel the best and we feel in control of ourselves when we deny ourselves certain appetites, when we limit certain appetites uh we we feel a tremendous sense of control over ourselves uh and that uh that is what what we're basically describing is fasting or or abstaining from certain things uh i mean we're we're quite a ways out from lent but lent is uh the the practice of fasting is that exercise of control over, over yourself. Say, I want to just gorge myself in this thing that I want, but I'm going to uh, exercise this control. Uh, I, I had a priest tell me in, conf- in confession one time that when you have a really big temptation, a really big attachment to a particular sin, it feels like you're trying to scale Mount Everest to get rid of it, right? And so fast from small things like, you know, the cliche is fasting from chocolate during Lent. That's not such a bad thing. It's a cliche for a reason. It's a small pleasure that we deny ourselves to exercise this control in a small and easy way to slowly flex that muscle and build it up. Like the next step is give up. I love beer. I gave up beer for an entire Lent. I gave up all alcohol for an entire Lent. That was the next step, right? And then the next step is, I don't know, fast from something something even bigger. And you're exercising this control over yourself that when something overcomes you, when, when some huge temptation comes at you, you have, uh, you've built the muscle of, of discipline. You've built the muscle of saying no to yourself to uh, deny yourself from, from gorging yourself in those worldly appetites. Sorry for my tangent. (laughs) No, you always always say something that leads me to another thought and you ended with, you ended with saying no to yourself. Mm. Last week we talked about being overextended students that are involved in so much in every club and every activity and, and everything. And Saying no isn't always just to yourself. Sometimes, oftentimes, we have to say no to other people and other events. And I know a lot of students have a hard time doing that. I have a hard time doing that. Someone asked me to do something. Shirley Carter, I'm a helper. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we have got to learn. That's another discipline of how to say no to things. Don't beat around the bush. You know, 
no is a real word. Don't always have to have the big Y on your forehead saying yes. Mm-hmm. And it's important when you say no to be courteous, not aggressive, be assertive, not aggressive. Obviously, there's a difference. And I just happened to look up a few ways, because I'm not good at it myself, nice ways to say no without seeming like you're rude. And, and here's just a couple <laughs> that, that I found. <laughs> if you're saying no to someone who's just asked you something, I'm honored that you asked me, but I can't. A nice way of saying no. I'm honored, but I can't. I wish there were two of me. Again, another way of leaning into a no to others. Sadly, I have something else going on. I'm sorry. So, and I'm sure there are many others that you know you don't have to get a canned response from from the right. internet. But we've got to not only say no to ourselves fasting during Lent, like you said, Ross. We've got how to learn how to say no to others. In, when we're looking at how to take care of ourselves. Right. Well, and it's in learning to say no that we are therefore drawing boundaries. Uh, and that's the idea is that we're drawing healthy boundaries, you know. Uh, I think, I mean, we're in campus ministry. Uh, we like to help people. And so when people ask for our help, uh, yeah, our sort of knee-jerk response is just, yes, how can I help you? Uh, but at some point, the campus minister needs to take some time to rest or, you know, they'll burn out. So, uh, and that goes for lots of people in lots of different professions, too. Um, you've got to know how to draw those uh, boundaries uh, between, you know, whether that's yourself and uh, everybody asking you to do certain things are, or like Shirley said, uh, between us and ourselves, right? Coming back to Ross saying no to ourselves, denying ourselves, uh, that, that's not, you know, Lent is a really great place for that to, uh, sort of kick itself off, but it shouldn't necessarily end with Lent, you know, Lent, Lent, Lent is like getting us into the gym, but then, you know, it doesn't mean that we should leave the gym after Lent's over, right? We should keep trying to exercise those muscles, in, in some regard, because it's in uh, building that discipline and saying no to ourselves and saying no to those other things that you can actually begin to feel real rest. It's such a funny thing. Shirley's talking about saying no to people. I know I had in college the exact opposite problem where I said no to too much stuff. I fell into this habit that Ross is talking about where you think rest is watching Netflix for six hours. I didn't have Netflix at the time, but the idea that you can just kind of completely shut off your brain and your body and that's rest. And I know students who have fallen to the same kind of mold over the years. Um, And the idea that I love what Ross said, I love what Ross keeps saying about active, active rest about shutting down parts of your brain and keeping the other parts open. Some of the best rest I ever got in college was one semester, going back to uh, Deacon Philip Zabo, he was just Philip Zabo at the time, him and I and another friend uh, went to the gym on a regular basis. And that was something that I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, and I've never gone to the gym as consistently as I did that semester. But really, in many ways, I didn't want to go. They dragged me there. I didn't know what I was doing. But I felt great at the end of that semester in a way that I had not felt in any other, any other semester or really any other time that I spent watching Netflix or playing video games or whatever. Um, 
And so I think for me anyway, and for I hope other students as well, saying yes to stuff that you would ordinarily say yes to is just as important as getting the rest for yourself. Does that make sense? You follow me there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. I keep thinking every time you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. Right. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And vice versa. You, you accept something you, 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 uh, yeah, you, you say yes to one thing you're using, you've dedicated that time now to that thing. That time cannot be used for something else. You, you're, you know, you're shutting the door to something else and that's not bad. You just have to be, you know, making the conscientious decision. Hey, I, I thought of something else too. Uh, so, so Shirley was giving us uh, ways to say no to somebody. And, and I've got three uh, sort of canned things too that, that are great ways to say no. Uh, so the first one is, sorry, I have to go to mass. Um, and the second one is, sorry, I have rehearsal or, or practice if you're a sports player. And the third one is, sorry, I have to listen to the new episode of the Campus Mission podcast. <laughs> so, if, bing, so if you're looking if you're looking for some good canned responses there's uh there you go and, and really <laughs> listening to the campus mission podcast that should be a pretty high priority that's yeah your, that's like number in your one. weekly list of things to do yeah yeah, yeah. at least you know um, something ahead, this, is, this is a little tangent but when you said that i often say to myself or sometimes i say to others don't ever shit on yourselves you said you should listen to that. Don't should on yourself, Nick. Yes. Don't should on yourself. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if just, you're going to delete uh, that out of the podcast making, or not. Uh, making I'm it clear. It. I'm leaving He it. said should. Uh, I did say should. Yes. There's another podcast I listen to that whenever they, uh, they whenever somebody comes on and, and says a bad word, they're like, are, are you going to bleep that? He's like, we'll just put another word over top of it that makes no sense. It's usually flower bed. So they'll like, <laughs> and, and you just hear some guy go flower bed. <laughs> I always Harrison. like the one. It's a good, it's a, it's very good. I always liked when they would use like duck quacks, you know, uh-huh. to like bleep over something. Yeah. You, know, you just hear like lots of quacks, quack. Um, yeah. In case you didn't know what a quack sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> Could you demo that for me again, please? Yeah. Let me demo that one more time. <laughs> Uh, no. Uh, wonderful. Uh, okay. So thoughts that sticks with me. I heard a, our priest or somebody say it a long time ago. God didn't make you to sit on the couch. God made you to do things. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, there, there's a a really good, uh, analogy I've heard. Uh, it's this idea of the the comfy couch, you know, how inviting the comfy couch is (laughs) and how, you know, you, you get the comfy couch and you just want to sit on the comfy couch and, uh, and it's so comfortable, you end up wanting to live on the comfy couch. And but by therefore living your life on said comfy couch, uh, you've missed out <laughs> on all of these different opportunities because Everything. there's a whole there's a whole world out there mm-hmm. uh, to explore and to learn and discover. Uh, and you know, you, you were given a finite period of time on this planet. Uh, so you know, did you want to spend all of that beautiful uh, gift of time uh, sitting on living on your comfy couch, or did you want to actually go out there and learn and discover and, uh, and, and do things, you know? Uh, So I, I'm, I, that, that, that's an apt, that's an apt way of saying it. Uh, The comfy couch is great. 
we should visit the comfy couch, but it's not a place we want to live. Amen. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so think about that. There, there's a number of ways to look at that. One is uh, we get a little bit caught up. Uh, we're, we're very spoiled by being uh, Americans, right? All right. The phrase is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Sure. Uh, the pursuit of happiness is not sitting on your couch and eating Doritos. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, that, that's not what they were talking about when they wrote that down. Right. Um, they, uh, but I'll, I'll go a step above. And uh, since Pope St. John Paul II seems to be our guy uh, recently, this, uh, this quote says, freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. It's a very, very famous quote from mm -hmm. St. JP2. And uh, we might like, and it's not saying that we can't do what we like. Uh, we, we, can watch, we can watch some TV. That's fine. Um, TV's good. I'm working through Psych right now. It's fantastic. Oh, that's a great, oh, yeah. great show. Oh man, I, I we'll do I, uh, we'll do a separate podcast based on psychoanalysis. Oh, seriously, yeah. Um, I it's been around forever, and and I can't believe mm -hmm. I never. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it's it's good to watch some TV. You can do what you like, but the freedom that we've been given uh, in our generation, uh, you know, our, our generation has been given a freedom like no other generation that came before us. Uh, it was not given to us, like you said, to sit on, sit on the couch and eat Doritos all day. Uh, it was given, we have the right to do what we ought. Uh, so we're, we're given that to go, um, I don't know, out and experience right. the world and, uh, and, and make a difference in other people's lives. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's what freedom is. And I think you could also say, if you wish to then find freedom, right? Mm. Then it is going out and doing what you ought to be doing, right? Um, that's, that's the surest way to be free. Mm -hmm. uh, I love and that I, quote. To be fully think, alive, as you said last week. Yes, yes. And I think the perfect example of all this, sort of to wrap it up, is the perfect role model is Jesus. But Jesus had fun. Jesus Clearly had freedom, free will. He exercised it right to the cross, which, by the way, today is the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. Um, Jesus took time to pray. Jesus said no to people. Jesus oftentimes said yes to people, more often than not. He served mm. others. Uh, you know, he, was the, he was the perfect package, obviously. And I, I think when we doubt what we should do with our money, with our time, with our free time, with our um, disciplines with our commitments. He's the perfect role model to look to. Yeah. Amen. And always is. Uh, wonderful. Shirley, thank you uh, for that uh, beautiful way to end our time together. Uh, yeah. Ross, thank you for your pontifications as well. And Patrick, always a joy. Uh, it's great to have you back. Um, Friends, I believe that concludes uh, this episode of the uh -huh. Campus Christian uh, Podcast. Uh, but don't worry. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week uh, for 
uh, more thoughtful dialogue and all the things that matter uh, to our college students. Oh, yes. Uh, guys, great hanging out. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to get here soon.